You're listening to Very Loose Women. You are listening to Very Loose Women on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm really excited about tonight's show. Uh, we're doing it on identity and comedy, so we'll we'll get to that in a second. But first, as every week, celebrations and frustrations. Flory, what's yours? I have a celebration. I didn't actually have anything to say, really, until I got into the studio this afternoon and we started talking about share after a great song suggestion from Alice, who you're going to be introduced um, to in a moment. Um, and then I started Googling Cher, mainly because just she's great. And then I discovered Sonny and Cher, and I'd always heard I'd always heard them as a duo, but I never knew who he was or what he looked like. And I've discovered a, a, an array of, of fantastic matching outfits that they, that they had um, over the decades, including uh, two matching cars, Mustangs, if you must know. And they... They look great. So I've had a lot of fun on Google, and that's my celebration. We've got some very interesting celebrations this week. I have to say, it's a real buck from our usual trend of the weather. Um, Janan, oh, sorry, I should say the I two do comedians love talking about the weather, though. that we have in the show tonight, Janan Yunus, Alice Frick, and they're both going to be talking about their comedy tonight, talking about upcoming shows that they're doing. I'm really excited about this. But obviously, first, as ever, celebrations and frustrations. What is yours? Well, firstly, thank you very much for having me on this evening. Uh, I, I need to apologize for my voice because I've got a little bit of a cold so I feel like I'm about an octave lower than I should be I feel like a baritone at the moment so uh, yeah sorry about that it's going to be a frustration so I received an email yesterday and the beginning of the email said dear Mr Eunice (laughs) now I am not a stranger to mistaken identity but yeah I think someone that's that lazy not to google my name and get my gender wrong I do not even I did not even read beyond that sentence they are not getting a reply I was going into a building I'm not going to say which major media group the guy looked at me and was like you're a Lenord you're clearly like so like Leonard I guess my name is Leonore but like (laughs) I am pretty sure that is a man's name yeah it's it's very confusing hey Leonard and my girlfriend still calls me Lenord as a joke Uh. so that has lasted wait he said Lenord or Leonard he wrote well he wrote so it's, it's a different spelling to Leonard but essentially it's it was Lenord it was it was a different spelling to the typical mm. spelling of Leonard. So I I would pronounce pronounce my <laughs> my male alter ego is Lenord. Alice, what's your celebration or frustration? I think my celebration is that I acquired a new share fan. <laughs> yes, that Another makes one me really theme. happy. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I like these celebrations that are bouncing off of each other, bringing more joy to each other in the world. So on to our main topic, Janan and Alice, can you tell us what is your comedy about and how long have you been doing this for? My comedy is essentially all about identity. Sadly, it is what I call, in inverted commas, a bit ethnic. I've been doing comedy probably a couple of years. A lot of it is just talking about my background, my heritage, being ethnically a bit screwed up. It's kind of like a sloppily put together TED talk, but with a few politically incorrect references <laughs> and hopefully a few laughs. So my comedy is all about identity and I feel at the moment I might be a bit of a one trick pony. In a couple of weeks, we've actually got a comedian who has done a TED talk coming on. So that's oh, wow. on, on gender and voice. I'm really excited about that. I, so I would say not a bad thing, a TED talk. <laughs> uh, my comedy is basically about me. So I am from Austria. It has a lot to do with Austria as well. So the the girl from the Alps adventuring to London and uh, seeing life wide-eyed. 
and uh, about all the misunderstandings. And yeah, life inspires me in general for comedy. I have uh, done it for 10 years. I lived in Vienna, in Los Angeles, where I have been to jail. So I use that in my comedy as well. We need I love you how to tell us about <laughs> that experience Yeah, I, I love how casually she put that yeah. in. Yeah. It was just, I've just been in jail. Yeah, From I, the subclause, are you happy to tell us about why you're in jail? I have a whole solo show about it, yeah. Told everyone. It's like, basically, buy the ticket, go watch the show. <laughs> yeah, because it, it was a big misunderstanding. So I was just driving home from a party and got pulled over. And I didn't know how to act with the police officers. I thought they can uh, take a joke or something. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, exactly. Not in LA where they have all guns and uh, they handcuffed me. And my, my biggest mistake was... Wow. My, my biggest mistake was that I they made these tests with me to count backwards and so on. And my biggest mistake was uh, I count backwards, but I closed my eyes and I didn't know that you have to count out loud. So I counted silently. <laughs> And I didn't. You realize. thought they were doing the toddler on a naughty step thing, like count to ten until your behaviour improves. But <laughs> they actually were testing you for being drunk. Yeah, yeah. So and that was my. Uh, and you failed. I failed, uh, and I was in jail. <laughs> Met a lot of. Comedians. How long were you in jail for? How? Um, eight hours. So they they said I can go right immediately after um, if I call my friends, but I didn't have friends yet. Mm. <laughs> it was sad. It's tricky. But I got me a solo show, so I don't complain. It was a nice experience. Thank you to the LA police <laughs> uh, for one of the best stories I've ever heard. So you you actually, in, in your descriptions there, you both sort of base your comedy around your identity a little bit and a lot. So how do you describe or present yourself on stage? What, what is that like for you? To describe, I probably, uh, I would say I take a very naive point of, or I'm, I'm more naive because that's probably what I am. <laughs> and... Um, and I can be quite dark as well. I have quite dark jokes, basement jokes from Austria, standard. <laughs> basement jokes. Basement okay. jokes. Yeah, I can't beat that. <laughs> I cannot beat that. I think it's very difficult to know how you are perceived when you're on stage. I think off stage, I'm generally quite an, quite quiet and introverted. And I think probably that is my time to really kind of milk it. On stage, I think I'm probably a very, very different person. My comedy heroes are people like Omid Jalili and Jeannie Ashray. And I always say all the time, when I grow up, I want to be like Omid. But hopefully without the excessive weight and excessive sweating. And, and baldness. And, and keep my hair. And I want to keep my <laughs> hair. So I don't know. I think I kind of see their levels of energy on stage. And I try and emulate that. Basically the complete opposite of what I'm like off stage. It must be quite, yeah, it must be quite difficult to know how you're perceived as a performer on stage. Unless you've had, like, had major reviews. And I guess you get feedback from your family and friends. But yeah, have you had any reviews that you kind of like, oh, I didn't know I came across like that? Or? Yeah, totally. Um, I uh, One of my closest friends actually said, wow, I, I didn't know that you were that confident and aggressive. And I was like, me, <laughs> aggressive, confident, in the same sentence, no chance. Has your identity or your background shaped the way that you make jokes or approach sort of that act of being on stage and telling jokes? Yeah, I think just alone, because everything that happens, I quite use it on stage. And another thing about me is I'm gay, so I use that as well. And coming out to my family was definitely a great input for me as well. <laughs> so um, so I would say definitely, yes. Uh, what about you, Janan? Um, well, I've also done the very British thing of tell you that I talk a lot about my background and not tell you where I'm originally from. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, wait for the bombshell. So my mum's actually originally Iraqi and my dad's Palestinian. 
but I'm also ethnically from a minority group that nobody's ever heard of, which is uh, Assyrian, unless you've been to the British Museum. The exhibition right yeah, now. Pat, my friend dead. has Assyrian heritage as well. Like Assyrian, so put no, ass in front no, of Syrian. Yeah, no, like Assyrian. And you get me. <laughs> yeah, that, no, Assyrian, oh, wow, I mean okay. actually Assyrian. Wow, are yeah. they from <laughs> Ealing? Because it seems like... We're, we're all in Ealing. Though, I think he's from South London. Um, oh, yeah. curveball. I'm very <laughs> impressed. I'm very impressed. Like, you're the first person that actually knows what that is. Oh, that's cool. Outside of an archive. So that's <laughs> outside of Cambridge, in fact. I talk a lot about kind of being a minority within a minority. There's obviously this huge amount of politics in the backdrop of it all. I find that you can't just go on stage and start talking about it straight away. I feel that you kind of have to reel an audience in a little bit, get them on side, win their confidence, and then throw stuff at them. Mm. So it it definitely uh, yeah. changed a lot. I looked at a set that I did about a year ago, and I was like, goodness, that was a bit risque for a white crowd in Twickenham. <laughs> um, I, and I don't know how I got away with it, but I wouldn't I wouldn't do that now. I think I'd probably be very... I'm, I'm much more kind of, I think, self-deprecating to begin with and try and find the common ground mm-hmm. and then I might throw something at them. So you're but sort like, of catering to your audience in a way. I... Ooh, ooh. I, well, that, you have to read a crowd, don't I, you? That's the part of the skill, isn't it, to read the audience? Um, and I think it's probably very naive to think that I can just go on stage and talk about whatever I want straight away without winning them over. I, I've definitely changed my approach, particularly in the last year. And you were nodding there, Alice? Yeah, was yeah, there t- something that chimed with you? I, I think so too. So I tend to also, for coming out on stage, I come out in the middle of my set only. So I, I give them a bit of a chance to uh, digest that I'm Austrian and then <laughs> and then <laughs> make some jokes about uh, living in the UK. And then I come out because very often when you come out, uh, you might lose the audience and to prove them, okay, I can be funny without the label of being gay and then the straight people and the homophobe people like me and then yeah. I can come out. So that's mm. that's my take on it. Both sounds like you've got a bridging part of your set before you're like, this is more about me. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Like peel the onion layers back yeah. slowly. I know that the comedy circuit from what I've seen from that one time that I did comedy, but also I go to comedy <laughs> nights. Um, but it's very dominated, especially by white men, but by, by, by men. Have you ever felt like your gender has been an issue when you've been on the comedy circuit? Is that something that you've noticed? So I think if you pick a comedy night at random in London, the chances are they'll be predominantly male, predominantly white. And mm. most of the time I will find myself as the only female on the lineup and we're still the only ethnic on the lineup. And sometimes I feel like I'm only booked because of those two reasons, particularly last minute. And actually, mm. I want to be booked because I know I can make an audience laugh and because of my material, yeah. not because I'm ticking a box. I suppose particularly recently, I've been getting a lot of themed night bookings and ethnic night bookings and POC night bookings. And I think they're great and they're so much fun. Mm. But to an extent, you're kind of preaching to the converted and I want to perform for everyone. And I want to be able to find that universal ground that I can go into any comedy club anywhere in the UK and perform and come out of it feeling like I've done a good job. I I think it is true that uh, all the main clubs are uh, mostly men. And uh, I've experienced that uh, not only in the UK, but also definitely in Austria. In Austria, I was the only woman. (laughs) In the whole of Austria. (laughs) I'm the only comedian in Austria. Do you, do you perform in German in Austria or are there English-speaking comedy clubs as well? I have performed in German. I have done two solo shows. 
And uh, now I was just in Austria last week and I performed in English, which was quite fun. And I invited my parents who didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so that was even more fun. No, no, they did understand. Do speak English. <laughs> with the topic on uh, no women in the comedy shows, um, that's why I got so fed up with that. And that I then started my own film and comedy night uh, called Laughing Labia. It's in Soho. It's in the fifth season. So, um, and Laughing Labia. I love that. Yeah, it's, I thought it has to. Because there are many shows that are called Laughing Cows, Laughing Horse. So I thought maybe take a bit of a risk. And I didn't know what well, Labia means. Well, they're lips, <laughs> aren't they? So aren't they labia or lips? The, I should know yeah. that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah. What, what with having some? Latin, Latin. I'm going back to my year nine Latin. There's a clever, clever year nine Latin. Yeah. Year seven biology. There you go. Maybe even year five biology. <laughs> don't know. And but, it's quite funny because people, I think they do remember the name. So a lot of people say, ah, I, he I heard about your show because of the name. So mm. so that's quite... Uh, so yeah. it's called Laughing Labia. If someone types that into Google, does it come up immediately? Yes, there's um, a website. I have Soho. difficulties to pay my, my uh, flyers with the name because the bank <laughs> sends me that back <laughs> because <laughs> of the name. But uh, it has a website, so it's online. <laughs> I guess I had a question. It sort of relates to what you were saying earlier, Janana. Well, both of you were saying about how often you're the only woman on the bill I've got a friend of mine who does stand up and I've been going to see his shows for the last few years and I've definitely noticed I've noticed a slight difference but like when I was first going to see his shows a few years ago it was predominantly white men but do you think it is it is getting better in, in all aspects of diversity I think what I've noticed change and this is coming off the back of what Alice has said is that people are coming out with their own nights I used to run a charity night with LSE called weapons of mass hilarity and we're bringing that back, not out of the context of the university setting. And that is, you know, to raise a profile of uh, women in comedy, but diverse, you know, with, with diverse backgrounds in comedy. And I think what I'm noticing is people are just doing their own thing more and not relying on other people to give them those opportunities. Mm, rather than relying but on establishments to kind of exactly. make sure they're on the bill, they're like creating their own spaces to have those. Precisely. Yeah. And I think, I, I think I'm definitely seeing more of that emerge. That can only be a good thing. Yeah, I think what has to change, or it, this mostly happens in bigger cities. If you go, the further you go on the countryside, the further you go away from diversity. Yeah. <laughs> the people who book that, they should be made responsible for that because they know that there are other people out there who are not straight white men. As Ron kind of like talking about identity and sort of perhaps barriers, or I was I wanted to talk about class as well, because as when we were talking earlier, we were talking a little bit about Edinburgh and that you have to have a lot of financial backing to go there and to have a month of shows. Maybe you're performing twice a day in some cases. You've got to pay for your venue. You've got to pay for your travel, your accommodation, all of that kind of stuff. Like, is there a class barrier to gigging in general? And, and what is the what is the barrier, uh, financial barrier for Edinburgh as well? It's, it's very expensive. I've done it a few times, uh, only in the free venue, though. The advantage there is that you don't have to pay for the venue because the venue is... Uh, so expensive and I know from other comedians they basically save money for the whole year to then spend it in Edinburgh I never saw myself in getting into debt because of Edinburgh so I decided to go for the free venues what's the kind of price range like what can you what can you be expected to pay for for one of the good venues where you know you're going to get a good crowd for example that that depends I mean if you also get the publicist uh, then you probably have like three five six up 
more than a thousand pounds. Whoa, yes. I was not expecting a thousand yeah. after that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All comedians get heckled. I've been to a lot of gigs where you have the random drunk person in the back who's just refusing to kind of like get on board with the sort of format of audience and performer. They're just constantly trying to disrupt. Um, yeah, well, I was curious as to what your, like, what's your worst heckle been and what, how do you respond to them as well? I think my worst heckle was silence. Oh my god. <laughs> so gosh. I I was I was doing a competition that will remain nameless. This is quite recent actually. Uh I think it was the final and there were two chaps that got in to the show for free. So they arrived late and they were just given front row seats. Uh who would not look at me when I got on the stage. They just would not acknowledge any part of my performance. They just sat there with their pints of lager drinking looking behind me and it was really obviously noticeable and awkward that's and really the, challenging it was, to do that like the, the audience itself were quite difficult and not particularly warm anyway so the whole the whole atmosphere was just really difficult to manage and then this is not what you do in competitions so you, you've only got a very short set and right towards the end i just picked on them and i went you sir what's your name and i just i just basically probably destroyed my chances of winning that by mm. just I just ended up just going for them this I've, was purposeful like, or they I, just were I think talk- it was very clear that they were just not interested in anything I had to say and you can speculate for as long as you like why about that, why yeah, about why yeah I'll never know the real reason mm. or reasons yeah but it was incredibly awkward really awkward <laughs> have you been heckled before uh, yes, I have been heckled. But for me, it's. I mean, probably my worst heckle was in Austria when I did a solo show, um, and I had a technician who had just one job to do to change one lighting, and he missed it because he was rather drunk. And then he turned the light completely off and said "Scheiße," which means shit in German. And that was <laughs> basically my my biggest heckler in the middle of my show. He had a mic but as well on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. it was it was brilliant. Um, we should mic up all the hecklers. <laughs> But so if somebody heckles me here, which is honestly true, I mostly don't understand them because mm. I speak English, but I don't understand it. So that's what I always say, um, because often they mumble or I just don't understand them. So I said, can you heckle in German, please? Because I don't understand. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Uh, your sister is getting into comedy. Do you want to tell us a bit more about yeah, that, Flory? She is. So she's she's a performer. She's an actor. Um, and she's recently been writing um, and developing a one-woman comedy cabaret show which celebrates um, pro-choice and abortion and I just had a question for uh, for you both about anyone wanting to get into comedy could you give some advice to any listeners maybe who want to start getting into it um, where would they start I'd say just write about what you want to talk about and just gig 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 as much as possible. I think when I started, I kind of just dabbled, like did the odd gig here and there, have lots of gaps, like several months in between gigs. Now that I'm gigging every night and getting that momentum, there's it's a whole different kettle of fish altogether. Just gig lots, write and talk about what you want. Practice, practice. Yeah, just get out there. And uh, don't stop the material because it just uh, didn't work one time. Try it at least three, five, three to five times. Oh, so what are what are both of your upcoming shows? Where can our audience find out more about your comedy? Uh, so I post a gig list on my Instagram or my Twitter feed. So my Instagram is Janan, J-E-N-A-N underscore comedy. Or uh, if you're feeling adventurous and want to remember my surname, my Twitter feed is Janan underscore Eunice, Y-O-U-N-I-S. And I often have 
free tickets to some of my shows so if you keep an eye out on the instagram you might be able to grab a few very good tip there yeah Yeah, janan's instagram totes do you you want to repeat the handle so janan underscore comedy j-e-n-a-n and um i've got two things that are coming up so the weapons of mass hilarity night which and that will be at the phoenix theater near leicester square in april so keep an eye out because there will be some tickets going free and i've got a work in progress show for edinburgh alice nice Uh, i have uh, laughing labia two more shows for this season on the 3rd of march and the 7th of april so it's in soho at cuba tickets are available online on laughinglabia.com then I have a solo show at the Brighton Fringe Festival in the last week of May, starting on the 29th. And the show is called What the Freak, which is my name, Alice Freak. And you can find me on Tinder. Oh, not Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw on, that in on there. On Twitter, on Instagram <laughs> and uh, all the other things. And I have a sitcom as well. I wrote the sitcom and the pilot is online. It's also called What the Freak. But you find everything on my website. You can find out more about uh, Lily's show as well, All Aboard Termination Station, if you type that in. Uh, that's Flory's sister. Um, and if you want to donate to Resonance FM, it's resonancefm.com forward slash donate. Thanks very much for tuning in to Very Loose Women live on Resonance 104.4 FM. This episode was written by me and co-produced by Flory. Audio engineering was also done by me on Resonance 104.4 FM. Please send us posts to Resonance FM <laughs> We want your fan mail. Borough High Street. We do not get enough posts. Uh, follow us on Twitter at VLW Radio, Instagram at VLW Radio, and really soon on Facebook. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much to Janan and Alice for coming on. Thank you and very thank much. You. Thank you. Good night. Bye.